Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. We have so much expectations, and I put so much expectation on myself, I have to sometimes dial back. And especially when it comes to competition, I hear the word competition, I can't help. There's a bell that goes off in my head. And if I don't perform to a certain level, then I found myself being disappointed. So I think that's where my hardest lesson is right now, is to have less expectations and have more fun with it. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hey, Kelly. Good to be here with you. Yes. And before uh, we give a full introduction to our guest, we do just want to say, hey, Benjamin Lopento today. Welcome to the show. Bonjour, ladies. <laughs> Maria, you and I are so excited today to chat with an Olympic swimmer who is doing something unusual by returning to his genius in the pool. Uh, Benjamin Lopento was born in Victoria, Seychelles, and swam for the Seychelles national team from 1993 to 2002, representing Seychelles in the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games. And he was the flag bearer in the Olympic ceremony for his country. He's also a current, very passionate master swimmer who is a multiple time All-American, which means he had the fastest time in the nation in several events. And today we're going to talk with Benjamin about some of the challenges and motivations of going from being an Olympic swimmer to a master swimmer while juggling all the responsibilities of a full-time job and being a father of three and a husband and all the things that go with us being, you know, adult athletes. So, but before we do that, Maria, what else can you tell us about Benjamin? Uh, sure. Before becoming an Olympian, Benjamin swam for Northeastern University in Boston from 1994 to 96, and then at Boston University from 96 to 98. He's the father of three children, ages 15, 12, and 10. The oldest and youngest are age group swimmers, and the middle child is a martial artist. His passions are swimming, health, food, and drink, and travel. He's a senior analytics sales specialist living, working, and swimming on the Space Coast of Florida. So let's dive in. Benjamin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure uh, to be with you and uh, be among champions. Um, okay. uh, you know, having listened to some of your podcasts, very interesting, and uh, you attract some lovely folks. So hopefully I'll be up to, up to snuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. First, so, first so you have to tell us, where is Seychelles? So the, the, yeah, the Seychelles Island is uh, off the east coast of Africa, right under the equator. It's, uh, it's an archipelago of about 113 islands huh. and uh, discovered by the Portuguese, French colony uh, until 1815. Uh, Napoleon loses the war uh, at Waterloo. The English take over. Uh, they put in the administration, uh, the roads and some, some uh, civilization, let's say. But then the French, uh, with their influence and their culture, influenced the Creole language. And so uh, that's who the Seychelles are, but independent since uh, about 76. Okay. Is that where you get your accent, your beautiful accent from? The, well, the, thank you for that. The, the, it's a mixture because uh, my uh, father was a, a diplomat, a uh, French diplomat. We moved around and uh, French and Creole were my first uh, languages. And English was my third when we moved to Australia, where I learned how to swim and also uh, speak English. Uh, the accent has 
maybe faded off a little bit, uh, having lived in the U.S. since 1994. So, but you're certain you you might detect it in certain words. But yes, what's the second language? French the, first, so English French, third. Creole based Creole. off French. Oh, Creole. And, okay. And then you have Spanish coming in in a, in a lovely fourth with my wife that is Cuban, but also having lived in Venezuela three years, that's where I picked it up. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> your, so your kids um, are so lucky to have such I, a yes. And your your I heard you over uh, say that your your mother is biracial. Yes. So uh, obviously, anybody who's coming from the Seychelles due to the influences of those colonies and also uh, whether, uh, you know, slaves coming in on, uh, from East Africa, West Africa, whether Southeast uh, uh, India, that got mixed up. So we're a rainbow nation. Um, you know, if I, I think you saw on my um, pictures that I sent the throwback pictures that we were sharing that are absolutely lovely among the team, uh, you saw a rainbow. Right. And similar to Brazil, other countries uh, where one where when you're Creole, uh, obviously in, in the winter, you might think less of me. But in the summer, uh, you know, thanks, thanks to mom, I can tan. So um, that helps. Yes. Yes. In fact, if, if you'll share one of those photos with us, we'd like to post that on the website. There's a beautiful picture of you with your rainbow swim friends in yes. in the water. And we'll, we'll you've got some great photos that we, we will put with this um, with this show. So so let's start off, you know, uh, the way that we came to have you on the show is mm-hmm. that you're swimming at the um, Melbourne Masters, Melbourne Mahis in in. Melbourne, Florida, and you are attending uh, many workouts a week. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your swim schedule. And I know you never miss swim practice, but last week you did because your, your son had a swim meet. So yes. you're, you're both a dedicated swimmer yourself, but you're, you're giving that up to go be a dad. So tell us kind of what that life looks like for you. So it's hectic. Um, where, I would say it's maybe a little less hectic since we are, I think we were talking before the podcast, more in a psychological phase, I would call it now with a, everybody past 10 years old and especially a 15-year-old right. and right. a girl at that. Um, so I do get a little more sleep. So that helps when the alarm goes off at mm-hmm. 4.50 and I'm making that coffee as I head to that practice. And, you know, I, I start cursing myself and I try to put as much music to motivate myself. But mm-hmm. the beauty, the beautiful thing is when I arrive, I see you, I see Mark, I see BJ, and I see also fo- folks from all walks of life. They maybe they were not swimmers like us. They might not have the same passion, but they're there for a different reason. And I think that's what I love about this team. And then me personally coming back to it after maybe 13 years of, of absence in the pool, although I did do a swim meet. I only trained three weeks with my dad in Brazil. Um, and they put me in absolutely every relay when they found out I went to the Olympics. So I uh, kind of <laughs> came out really sore from that one. Um, but so it's just nice to be in a community, uh, to be able to, to integrate a, a city, uh, an area, uh, discovering these new folks and making these connections and, and finding out that it's, it's, it's all across the spectrum in terms of what, what motivates them, why they're there, and then also who was a past champion, is a current, uh, such as you, Kelly, and those, or me, who is trying to scratch back at that surface and see what that looks like at almost 46. Yeah, I'd love to ask a question about that. I think, you know, when you've been at the top of your game, like, you know, you've been in in the Olympics, uh, and then, and then you stopped swimming, and then you came back to it, you know, how, why, 
A, why? And, mm-hmm. and B, how, um, you know, how, was that difficult? Was, you know, was it like a coming home? To, you know, I think a lot of people don't want to be less than what they were. So I think it, it's it's a thing that we were, you know, touching uh, with, with Kelly opponent in the parking lot and also that I've talked to with other, you know, athletes, triathletes, and et cetera, is, you know, who we identify ourselves with and not only ourselves when we look in the mirror, but also how other people perceive us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it always was, well, oh, it's Benji, it's the Olympian. Or did you know that Benjamin went to the Olympics? As if, you know, that makes you different than the other human beings. Now, yes, I can understand why, because there's a lot of work that goes into it and, and into qualifying and getting there. But then we do, we, we, we tend to fall in love with those, those personas and we tend to get a bit lost. There's a gray area there. So I think, you know, kind of shedding that skin and, and accepting, um, you know, this new persona and this new person uh, with his faults and uh, also with maybe a little extra weight due to three children and many desserts and, and beers later. But, um, and, and I'm making fun, it's just that um, we, we have so much expectations and I put so much expectation on myself, I have to sometimes dial back. And especially when it comes to competition, I hear the word competition, I can't help, there's a bell that goes off in my head. And if I don't perform to a certain level, then I found myself being disappointed. So I think that's where my hardest lesson is right now, is to have less expectations and have more fun with it. But obviously, it doesn't help when you have the coach saying, oh, my God, you just went that off a push. Oh, I can't wait to see you swim in the meet. So, but, but that's the, that I'm trying to take that pressure and make it fun. Now, why coming back? I think I've always wanted to come back when the kids were settled and in their routines and more mature. So I've accomplished that. And also, also very selfishly, I started analyzing the different age groups. And what I found is starting at 45, there's a little drop off of decline. So the people who are trying to return in their 30s and 35 embrace maybe the post-college uh, experience uh, or, or maybe they, they didn't get enough training. And I find at 45, people, there's a leveling off and there's a more suitable competition level. And also <laughs> people are trying to combine that fun but with still competing. And I said, I told my wife, I go, that's my nook. I need to get back in. I said, if I can remain in some sort of shape while we're raising these three kids and not abuse my body, uh, then I think I've got a chance. And I'm, and that's where I'm at. And it's funny. I, I set that intention about 10 years ago. I did yoga. I did some hit dry land. I used to go to the gym like three, four times. And then I would swim about 20, 30 minutes just to get that feel, right? Not lose it. But here I am back five to six times a week, as Kelly pointed out, um, unless I'm, uh, as I said, distracted and necessarily so by my children and I have to give them my attention and my presence, then you will see me on deck unless it's three days in a row at 33 and I know that water is going to be under 80 and this island boy <laughs> doesn't do uh, under 81. So I, 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 one of my superpowers is to see a, a person as a child, you know, seeing adults as a child. And it's, it's a way that I often can melt down in a fight when Mark and I are fighting. (laughs) I just, I see him as a four-year-old and I just, I'm just done. I like think, okay, this is some inner child issue here or something, but Benjamin, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I think we've established, we didn't say it openly, but you and I trained together. We're on the same master's team. So yes, um, when I, you say you look forward to going to practice, same reasons as I do. There is such a wide variety of amazing people from, you know, turtle wrestlers, marine biologists, all the way to other Olympians. Besides you, we have other Olympians in our pool and people that are learning to swim. But when I come on deck, number one, you're there early. Like whenever I pull my car in, I see you standing on deck. You've usually got a little speaker with some music playing, which is great. Um, but when I, when I pull in, I see the 10-year-old Benjamin waiting to go to swim practice joyfully, joyfully. Mm-hmm. You're smiling. You're high-fiving people. You're there. It, it just like makes the atmosphere of somebody is here that loves swimming as much as I love swimming, as much as these other people are showing up. And so I see that, that passion, that joy, that, that genius zone that you had as a kid that you're now transferring. And so I just, could you talk with us about, you know, what it feels like to be reconnected to a passion that you had as a, as a child? Yeah, you, you, um, I think, Maybe the way uh, uh, I could compare it is we moved around a lot, as you uh, you guessed in the beginning with the profile, whether it was India, Venezuela, Australia, France, uh, New York also. Um, and then my swimming has brought me all around the world uh, representing Seychelles. Um, I, it's, it's about the connection with people, right? It's about people that uh, you feel their energy, you, you, you see their smiles and everyone is trying to accomplish something different, right? And there's a psychological element to that too, where, well, you know, when I, you know, talk to people, I always want to ameliorate the situation, whether it be through food, you know, sharing smoothie recipes, or whether it be, you know, talking about, oh, I made this drink and, oh, you should check out this place. But then when it comes to swimming, it's the same thing. It's, it's creating this, this vibe. And also how can I, uh, as quickly as possible, show you who I am and then why I'm here and what, what, what moves me. And so the music, you know, is just island vibes. I, I, I want to, you know, mix it up. I also want the coaches to, to get pumped up and listen to different languages and songs and, and create that atmosphere. Even to the point the other day, there was a very slow Spanish song, beautiful one called Bethany Mucho. And, and the ladies in lane two were like, Come on, something a little more upbeat. I go, this is random, by the way. I'm like, it'll change after and you'll complain about the, the rude words in the rap music. I go, so I, I think that that spirit that you mentioned, that, that childhood spirit is, is ingrained in me. Um, I, you know, let's not call it the Peter Pan syndrome, but you do, you, you want to have fun with it now because guess what? The body's not the same. We, we, we know we're not getting any, any younger. I think on the, on the Dara Torres podcast, you guys touched upon that, right? It's a, uh, it, it is something that we worry about and, and we're concerned about. But if we can have fun, maintain uh, some sort of physical health and, and do it in this pleasant atmosphere, uh, then I'm glad that it, it's a magnet, that it attracts people and that you get a kick out of it. I certainly get a kick out of entertaining uh, and then that's why I, you know, if it's raining and, and I see BJ getting wet with his Mary Poppins umbrella, um, and then I feel like I need to create a song based off maybe his reading wrong a set or something like he did today. And, and, and I just start, you know, singing. And then the other people start laughing, whether they think I'm a fool or it doesn't matter. I'm trying to uh, kind of give them that energy. 
And I think that's what you're, 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 you're getting. I, I love that. I, I, I love how you use your extrovert, extrovertedness as a, in service to others. You know, really, that's what you're saying. It's like, I, I want to have fun and I want other people to have fun. And I'm, you're thinking about the coach and you're thinking about the other people and you're trying to make people feel comfortable. And mm-hmm. maybe that's a secret to your success is that it's not all about me, you, right? <laughs> so if you don't, if you don't win. Yes. Yes, my, my, maybe my wife will say maybe it's my astrology. I'm in a Pisces ascendant Libra, which tends to be about being diplomatic, creating an atmosphere. And then my moon's in Cancer, which I get along a lot with women because ah, it's, it's, it's a maternal it's a maternal sign. So maybe that has to do with it. So I'll give a, a plug to my wife on that one. But um, at the same time, yes, it's it's how do I make you better? And then obviously I never want to overstep and, and feel like, oh, I'm the Olympian, so I know more than you. No, I'm always learning. So when either Mike or BJ, who are the coaches, give me tips, then I'm listening, then I'm paying attention. I'm always trying to find ways of getting better, right? And then when I see swimmers around me who I'm able to lift them, right, uh, then I feel more comfortable saying, hey, by the way, when you do this, when you do that, pay attention to this, pay attention. And it doesn't matter if it's an old person, young person, it doesn't matter. Um, am I doing something to make them better? And then guess what? One, it makes me feel good inside, but also it's coming very naturally because it's a, it's the sport that I love. So let's dig down, Maria, with the champion here on on mindset and and you know your rituals and your routines. You know, we'd love to hear um, yeah. what what you're obviously a champion. We can hear that by how you talk. But what specifically, yeah, things make you a champion? Like what mindset and rituals? I'd be interested in specifically. What are your right. what are your mindsets and rituals that we we could share with our listeners? Well, I, I certainly think they've evolved, right? I, I wouldn't want to say it's one thing or another. I think it's a plethora of things. But what do we, you know, maybe what do we share? And I'm going to include you guys in this category. What do we share among champions? One, we're passionate. I think two, we're dedicated. And it, it's, there's something in us that strives for more, right? And if we go beyond swimming and you know, I look at my career also as a professional, there's always a sense of like, how can I do better? How can I um, help others, but also help myself at the same time, right? And and I think it comes down to every single day. It, it doesn't have to be conscious. Sometimes it's just subconscious is, okay, well, today's the day. Uh, will I have it tomorrow? I'm not sure. What can I do today? to ameliorate myself? Can I, can, how can I make myself uh, a better version? And by the way, if it's not happening for me that day, right? So feeling icky in the water, something's off, you know, family related, personal related, whatever it is, then what can I find in others? And what can I find in the overall environment to, to make it better and transform it? So that's why I think we, we, we go back to that identity and beating ourselves up. I'm like, this is who I was. These were my times. I can't believe I'm not there. And then it's all about, okay, well, today it's just one step. And what is that one step going to mean? And, and it's like, okay, I'm, my time's not good. I'm not having it in the water. Focus on this person. Focus on that smile. Focus on, on helping that person. Um, have you had many of those days? I haven't, I haven't seen you have too many of those days in practice. I, I, hide, it, I hide it really well. 
Um, you know, yesterday was one of them because I did, uh, I had to stop mid because I got a cramp. Right. right? Oh, you got a cramp in those. Yeah. Those and so I got 100s. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then guess what? I got silent because I got introverted, believe it or not, it happens. <laughs> um, so I got introverted and then it was just, okay. Um, is there something wrong with my body? Have I hydrated enough? And guess what? It was a long weekend because we were three days sitting down watching a swim meet. Uh, we weren't in our home environment, not eating the, the same foods that we normally indulging a little more. So then guess what? My body reacts to that. And so guess what? I recalibrate. I say, okay, well, what am I going to do today to first help my body out? That's going to help my mind out. And then how do I get back to that zone, get back to that inner child and, and back to that fun Right. And then I did. And and if you if you had come this morning, you would have uh, you would have seen the rebound. (laughs) Okay, so this is a perfect pre like performance prep. You have been out of the water basically for, you know, 13 years ish um, to actually you were. So let me put it this way. You've been training the most consistently that you have in a long, long time. Correct. And you have a meet this weekend. Yes. So tell us about how you are preparing for really to put it on the line for the first time in a while. Yeah, the, it, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm still, I still feel, um, you know, little butterflies when I, when I think about what's going to happen on Sunday, because guess what family uh, comes first. I've got to do some things with the kids on Saturday, but then I'll head my way to the meet slowly on, on Saturday. Um, and then it's, uh, I know I've done the work, so I've got to trust that work. Um, it's certainly going to be much better than the first short course a meter swim meet that we had, even though there was a glimpse of hope there, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you know, especially in the relay, uh, which I absolutely adore doing. Uh, so I think in this time around, one, I'm trying to put less pressure on myself because I did in the first meet and, and I wanted to impress you guys. Right. I wanted to feel accepted on the team and that uh, and that you could rely on me. So I wanted to be accountable and responsible to you guys. So now I feel that I've accomplished that, at least, you know, in my hell. Head. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and so then how can I then transcend that and make it, you know, tap into those that those little butterflies, which I love having, uh, um, you know, rely on the good work that I've done. And then, as I said, use that team energy to. Uh, to create some results, which I think will uh, bring me to another uh, plateau and level and also give me a very clear indication of what I need to work on. Because remember, I, you know, in swimming, there's always something to work Always. Always. I'd, I'd like to know, since you're, you know, obviously, I love how you keep, you know, saying, you know, kids come first, family comes first, and you, mm-hmm. clearly you have a job that has to you know, be a yes. priority in there. And I think for a lot of us master's athletes, the question is, you know, what, two things, two part question. One is uh, Kelly and I recently did a, uh, a show on saying no. <laughs> and, right. and, and so my first part of the question would be like, what do you have to not do so that you can do what you do as well as you do it? And two, mm-hmm. you know, what are, you know, some specific routines that make it work in a crazy life with kids whose schedules are changing and, you know, you're, I don't know if you travel for your job or whatever, how, mm-hmm. how do you, do you have routines or are you very flexible? So two, two parts to that question. So there's, there's, there's definitely some routine. Um, I, I don't think anything's possible without my wife. 
Um, we made a very uh, conscious decision back in 2006 when things started going well for me at work that um, she would be at home and, and, and handling the brunt of what's happening in the household and, and the kids. And without that support, none of this is possible. I don't think we're having this conversation today. Right. And then um, and then we can debate, uh, you know, the, the merits of that or not. But, you know, to me, it's just very clear with the languages they speak, where we are, the relationships that we have, and especially during these more tumultuous teenage times. Right. So that's one. Uh, so, uh, you know, big up to my wife on that one. Uh, then in terms of my schedule, what I try to do is, for example, a lot of people can't make the Tuesday, Thursday practice, which is 12 to 1. But I try to be there religiously. And what do I do? I make sure that because companies now, whether you're virtual or in person, have insisted on wellness programs, then I uh, have a lot of confidence saying to my managers and others, I don't take lunch breaks. I go, but what I will take is an hour and a half for me to take care of my mind and body so I can be ready for work, sharper, and also ready and sharper for the kids and whatever lies ahead, whether it be after school or, or even during the weekends. So I think it's one being responsible, being honest, and at the same time saying 12 to one out on my calendar. And by the way, I'm allowed to take that because I will make it up in other ways. So if this morning I'm getting up at 4.50, coming back at 7.30, most people tend to log on 8.30, 8.45, but I was on at 7.30 doing the things that I needed to one to prepare for my call at 8 a.m. right before I came on this podcast and to ensure that I had these this time with you, lovely ladies. The point is priorities. And then that, I think, becomes that day-to-day -day routine. Is like, what am I going to do today? What is going to be successful? Some days it doesn't work out. Don't beat yourself inside the head. Just, as I said, recalibrate and get back to it and, and, and get in that positive zone. Can you say no to people? What do you say no to? Uh, well, you know, I used to, uh, I would say, I would say I would uh, give a lot of time to help out people. We mentioned that that's a big thing for me. Um, I'm trying to be more selective with that. And I think that's what I've learned maybe in my 30s and 40s to be uh, more selective with who, uh, I, uh, with whom I give my time to and whom I dedicate my energy to because you do realize that is it is your energy and you need it for first for yourself, the oxygen mask, right? And then for others, which are more important, which is the, the, the kids and my wife. Um, so I think it's mostly about time now. And when we find out that more and more is, I always tell folks and that I talk to, especially young people that I work with or, or swim, as I said, it's the only commodity that you have. So what are you going to do with it? And I, and I learned a lesson both maybe more on the, on, on the money side too. I, uh, there was a gentleman who, uh, a successful doctor, and, and he found out I was Olympian. So we, we did a swim lesson together, right? I gave him about two hours of my time, proper. And he was a friend of a, of a, of a colleague. So I just didn't feel it was right to charge him. Or, and he, he stopped the car and he looked at me and he said, you're an Olympian, you have value. I go, you just gave me two hours of your time. I go, never underestimate yourself and never undervalue yourself because you time is the only commodity you have. And that's what you gave me. And also I benefited from it. Uh, 
So then he gave me some money and I said, okay. Well, <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, I, just, you should have charged. Guess, you should have. Well, yeah. Well, well, yeah, it was, it, it was the same thing when I, I've been giving lessons since 2004, worked with the Seal. I've worked with a woman in the mid-60s who won a gold at the senior games, worked with a 15-year-old trying to make nationals, all different kind of folks. And then what I always tell the parents, I said, well, when I come, I go, I won't be that person standing outside the pool showing you, oh, this is your elbow. No, I'm going to get in the water. I'm going to show you how to do it. And I go, and, and also we're going to develop a program specific to you. And so that has value. And, that, and, and also that time that I'm giving you is going to be consequential for the, for the better. Right. So, yeah, it's be, I think, overall, sorry, long-winded, uh, I tend to, to go long and digress, but it's mostly um, being more selective about, uh, about my time. That's beautiful. So, Benjamin, from the outside, you look like you've had an incredibly charmed life, travel and great parents and great wife and all that. Yet, we know, having talked with you before the show, you've had some obstacles. So, what would you say yeah. has really, like, you know, been a, a huge bump in the road and how you dealt with that. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, I can take it from a couple of angles, So let me, let me talk, uh, the easier one, which is swimming. Then we can talk about the personal one. Um, so with, with, with swimming, uh, it wasn't always an easy road because, uh, as I mentioned, we moved countries and guess what? Different infrastructure, different coaches, different languages, uh, uh different years and times. And, and so those, my, my swimming career has always been uh, up and down. The most important thing was as long as there was consistency, then there was results. And most importantly, it was school before pool, right? And so that allowed me to continue with the good grades. There, it's, it's no surprise what, you know, that the scholarship came both with the good grades, but also the results in the pool. So that, I think that kind of oscillating career is a challenge in itself because it takes a certain flexible mind to adapt to suddenly be for example number two in in the asia pack region in the 50 backstroke and i was you'll understand kelly i was a 35 long course meter 50 meter backstroke at 10 years old to then to then arriving in india where they let us swim for about two three months but when my brother and i started beating everybody they shut the pool down on us and then there was government intervention from France. So then you, you face these obstacles at 11 year old, like why am I swimming in a hotel at lunchtime when I'm starving? Because that was how we adapted, but then, I, then it suffers, right? Go back to New York and I'm back on the ascending phase. Um, so I think that was, that was the challenge from a swimming perspective. And then also, um, you know, when I'd go back in the summers to Seychelles, we had a Russian coach and he's the one who identified my talent from uh, when I was 10, 11 years old. And he said, hey, I, I think you can go to the Olympics. So he planted that seed, not only in writing, giving me kind of a flag from Moscow, if I remember well, that had all the badges of all the teams at the time. Um, yeah, and, and so he was a major influence and, and also helped me come over the obstacle of, uh, of, of that part, right? And then just from the personal, I think it's, it's not easy to juggle, um, you know, a work career and three children. They... You know, the, that 30 to 37 time period where I planted the seed about returning to the pool at 45, they're a blur to me. I only remember them in, in, in pictures right now or the stories that others, the witnesses in your life, they, they, take, they, they tell me that this happened, right? We didn't sleep for seven years. 
Um, <laughs> so, so yes, and and then when something happens, you know, to to your kids, you know, whether it be a psychological or physical ailment, I had a son who had a disease; he overcame that. Uh, um, that is tough. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's just like champions like you, it's funny when you ask them about obstacles, they don't even remember them. Like they just, you know, you just go through them because (laughs) before we started recording, you told us about your double disc inflammation in your back that you're like, you you forgot about that. You know, it's like, you just go through these things. You don't want to be stuck in the past. And then these things happen and you, uh, you know, I think Winston Churchill said it best because when you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, what a great place to end this interview on. But before we end it, there's so, like I said, before we started, we could talk for hours. Um, Before we do that though, is is there anything we have, because we're going to do a fun round, the Sprender round, where we just ask you some fun, silly questions. Um, But before we do that, is there anything, Benjamin, that we have not asked you that you would like to share with us? I talked to you about it, Kelly. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, with my daughter being 15, she tends to digress and talk a lot like dad and, and have the same sense of humor. And, and I've been very polite. I haven't pulled out my vulgar Australian uh, on this podcast. So oh, that's I'm, right. <laughs> I'm impressed with myself. Uh, so, um, oh, yeah. We want, we want to create some sort of, um, some sort of podcast where we uh, not only are we going to talk about teenage the- uh, themes, issues that maybe the teenagers are afraid to talk about, maybe they don't have an outlet, uh, we'll also talk about uh, culture. We'll talk about food. Maybe we do some demos about Seychelles cooking French. So we haven't uh, fully decided. It's more comprehensive. So we're, I think the name is going to be called Submerged. Uh, and I'll let you guys know because Submerged, awesome. can, we're both water signs. She's a Cancer. I'm a Pisces. You can be very deep into a subject or just at the surface, right? Um, so keep it light and heavy too. Um, and so that's one. And then also trying to uh, maybe for a plug for my brother-in-law who came down with us when we moved to Florida from Colorado, he's uh, potentially going to open up his food truck and I'll let everybody know when that happens because he's an absolutely uh, lovely cook and, uh, and chef. So um, I'll let everybody know when that happens. So just maybe I'm on, on personal notes. Beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. We, yeah. We always let our, our guests promote whatever they're into. So that's wonderful. Okay. All right. So we have something called the sprinter round where it's just Maria and I just hit hit you with some different questions and it's just mm-hmm. a quick, quick answer. Yes. So are you ready? And you yes. are a sprinter. So, right. Yes. Even though I, I know, I know you can do a great 200, even though okay. you <laughs> think you, you, you're avoiding the 200, but I know you I can. Big time. Okay. Cat or dog? Dog. Red or blue? Blue. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk. Kickboard or no kickboard? No kickboard. I can cheat as much as possible. I'll do it. <laughs> pull into those walls, right? Uh, mountains or beach? Beach. Football or baseball? Football. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Coffee or tea? Mostly coffee, but I've got that English, uh, you know, colonial feel. So maybe Uh, some tea with condensed milk once in a while. Sorry about that variation. (laughs) Morning person or night owl? Morning person. Camping or hotel? Hotel or glamping. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. Marie's got a few for you. (laughs) That says a lot right there. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite pizza topping? 
Ooh, uh, uh, the four quattro stagioni. So uh, black olive, green pepper, ham. Mm. Favorite vegetable. Ooh, beet. <laughs> That's oh like my a, gosh, that's a new totally one. Totally original. Ding, 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 yeah, yeah. Because We've never you, can, had you, that. Can, you can have it raw in salad with carrot, with other things. You can uh, also boil it and then you can uh, juice it, uh, which is fantastic. And then I have a memory from Australia when I was a kid. Mum used to pack our lunches most of the time, but once in a while she would give us money and we'd have to order. And for some reason, I wouldn't go after the McNuggets. I wouldn't go after the, 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 the pies, the, the kidney pies, et cetera. I would order a beet, carrot, and lettuce sandwich. And it's funny that <laughs> oh we eat more vegetarian. Yeah, and to me, that's a memory that I have that is one of my favorite sandwiches. Wow, and you can pickle them. That's what we had in the Parker house. Also, yes, yeah, true. Yeah. Okay, favorite swim complex in the U.S. or maybe in the world since you've been around. But we don't well, know the world. I, I, US. Well, I would say U.S., the, the place where I qualified for the Olympics and also concluded uh, oh. uh, my, my international career in 2002, the Goodwill Games Pool in Nassau, Long Island. Uh, that's uh, very that's near nice to pool. my heart because that's where, that's where I made the cut. Cool. What kind of music do you like? Very. <laughs> Um, because because of the, th uh, the the three four languages, um, uh, it tends to be very moody depending on on that day. Uh, there is uh, a big uh, preference for hip hop, uh, French, and also U.S. But then we can go through Latin pop. We can even go through classics. When I work, I like Mozart. I like Chopin. Uh, you know. Uh, so yeah, it depends on my mood. Very Pisces like. So, okay. What's your shoe size? Uh, nine and a half, ten, depending on if it's more of a European cut <laughs> or, or U.S. And yeah, my fins are nine to ten. Uh, siblings? Do you have any siblings? Yep, uh, older brother Arthur, two years older, and then younger sister by five years, Claudia. We're ABC. I'm the middle child. If you <laughs> haven't guessed. <laughs> Favorite Star Wars character? Ooh, good one. Um, Boba Fett. The bounty hunter. Oh, Boba Fett, the that's bounty a hunter. good one. Yes, and, and they just have a series now that just started called the Book of Boba Fett. Although obviously you have to kind of forget about the old stuff. Uh, he was just a cool bounty hunter. You never saw his face, but he was chill. And in Return of the Jedi, there's a scene where a woman's coming up to him and he's drinking his drink. He's like, "Listen, I'm not bothered by you." <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to skip number eight, Maria. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What word comes to mo to mind most when you dive in the water? Bit chilly, but uh, the next fifty, you should be fine. <laughs> That's not a word. That's not a word. That's a phrase. Yeah, one word. One, one word. word. Uh, come. Come. That's nice. Okay. That's good. Awesome. Well, this has been our pleasure. Thank you so sure much, has. Benjamin. Yeah, wonderful. No, wonderful. Thank you, you, Maria. Pleasure to meet you, Kelly. It's a pleasure to meet you, you too. Soon enough. See you and, tomorrow uh, at noon. Great. Au revoir. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. 
Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now the takeaways. Okay, Maria. So our takeaways from Benjamin Lopento, Olympian, and now uh, an all-American master swimmer, of course, full-time, you know, dad and, and working at a, at an important job, Mm -hmm. professional, you know, we got so much out of that. Like many times we have, we have a few takeaways, but we have many, but we're only going to do two. What is your first one? Well, I, I loved, uh, he didn't say this directly, but it just came through throughout the whole interview that he had clear priorities in his life from when he was young, all the way till now. Um, you know, he mentioned in his family, it was always school before pool, you know, he wasn't going to be allowed to swim. Uh, that was a clear, uh, and family was also very, apparently very important growing up. They moved around a lot. So family was it, but he had his, you know, the priorities were really clear in his family growing up and his priority now is family before swimming, you know, and as passionate as he is about swimming and how he doesn't miss swim meets or, you know, or swim practices, he will miss them for family. So I think one of the marks of a champion is knowing exactly, you know, what your priorities are. I mean, you can't know, you can't make decisions or say yes or no to things or unless you know what your priorities are. So that was my first takeaway. What about you, Kelly? Yeah, that's, those are, those are excellent ones. Um, my first one is, you know, in anything you're going into that you're going to be putting things on the line that he, you know, we asked him, Hey, you're kind of preparing for your first meet in a long time. And you've now done, you know, how are you preparing? He's like, well, I'm going to think, uh, that I've done the work. Mm. And I just love that. I love that basically anything that's making us kind of nervous about Mm -hmm. something that we're going to do, whether it's athletics or just in the real world, that if you've done the work, you're, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I I like that. And, you know, he also said he uses the butterflies, which I like that too, you know, because we do experience butterflies. You can experience them as negative, but he's like, he's like, I like those. So, so that's cool. Yeah, I always feel like if you don't have butterflies that yeah, you've not, said that to me before. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have butterflies, you, you're not going to have a good performance. You don't care enough. Mm. You don't care enough. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I've been trying to break this one record and in, in swimming and I almost got it in one meet and I was really nervous, super butterflies. And then I went to the next meet to try to break it. And I was focused on how cold it was in the air. And I was really not that nervous. And now looking back, I, I missed the record by much more in that one. And I was not, I did not have butterflies. Mm. So I really think butterflies make a big difference. Yeah. yeah. I think you so need them. I think it's something about your mindset that you want to do well, that you're, you know, you yeah. care. So you're more, yeah. Care. <clears throat> well, my second takeaway was, uh, <laughs> I loved his story about, you know, you were asking about making it to, to many practices and, and that your practice schedule is early morning and then also midday at noon, uh, which a lot of people have a hard time making it to because of their jobs. But the story he told, which was just so impressive, was he he made the case to his bosses or to his organization that he needed that for his wellness. And, um, you know, it wasn't going to take a lunch break. He was going to spend that time swimming and he was going to come back and be more productive and be a better worker, better at, at his job for having done it. I think that's, I like the assertiveness of it. I love the, you know, just also that's true. That's true. And, and you know, saying, hey, you know, I need this, this is more important than food and, you know, and I'm going to be better for it. So I think that's a, I don't know, the takeaway for, for me there is, you know, ask for what you need, especially when you know, it's good for you. Right. I, I totally agree with that. And, and 
the focus on wellness, you know, we all are at some point working either for ourselves or someone else, but to share with your employer or with yourself, how important a wellness program is in your productivity. So if it's, if it's a company you're working for, you know, Hey, I do need to take an hour to go to swim and Mm -hmm. I'll make that hour up at some point, or I need to come into work late or, you know, so and also, most importantly, convincing yourself that right. that's you right. Know, that you need to take this time because we always say, you know, what whenever we we stop to work out, we get more energy for the rest of the day versus right. just grinding it, grinding it out. And your second one again, Maria, there about him asking for work again ties into your first one, which is priorities. Right, like right. the priority is <laughs> right. to be healthy and be fit. So again, right. he was creating priorities. Right. Um, then my second one and and our final one before we wrap here is that um, how you know it's difficult to get up at four fifty a.m. I do mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. with him, and I meet mm-hmm. him and all our other teammates on the pool deck. But the use of some kind of a a boost is music. Yeah, and that is it's so like we we forget that when we have to do tough things, if we're, you know, going to put out our shoes and go out for a run early in the morning, or we've got to do something that we don't like by adding something that we do like to it, Mm -hmm. this is called the bundling effect. So he's bundling something that is tougher Mm -hmm. with, you know, coffee and music with waking up early. Those are things that, um, that champions do and that he does. So I love that Mm. bundling, uh, you know, music. And, and I and, think he also bundles his, his enjoyment of talking to people. So he gets yeah, there early yeah. so that he can have that little yeah. bit of time before he's in the water to, to enjoy his teammates. So yeah. um, knowing yourself and knowing what you like and knowing what makes you, yeah, for me, that's a big thing too. It's like, I love to work out with a group. It makes such a difference. And you said that earlier this, when we were talking that, you know, you can grind out a practice all by yourself, you know how to do it, but it makes such a difference when there's oh, yeah. people there. Mark and I call it the conveyor belt. You know, you just yeah. get on, just get on it, yeah. belt and you go and you're done with practice. Yeah. So these are the takeaways. If you're just listening to the takeaway segment, we encourage you to go listen to the whole interview. It was really, really delightful. So, um, yeah, Maria, another one, another one in the books. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. I love you. I love you too, Kelly. Thanks. Bye-bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Benjamin Lopinto. Time is the only commodity you have. So what are you going to do with it? You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.